Hello and welcome to the ENT Biz Podcast. I'm your host, Andy G. Today we're here with Reese Evans. She's a master manifestation and abundance coach. She is the creator of the Yes Supply Method on a mission to teach the world the power of their subconscious mind and universal laws, which empower you to create the life you were meant to live. After growing up in a household full of abuse, Reese was trapped in negative self-talk and in an old identity of never-enoughness. But through deep self-reflection, Reese discovered that the only thing that was holding her back was the story of her past and how much she had convinced herself that it was still limiting her. After discovering the power of the subconscious mind, our doorway to the infinite, she found her answer. Healing herself through coaching techniques like neuro-linguistic programming, hypnotherapy, emotional freedom techniques tapping, and energy work. She now coaches her students in the Yes Apply Method certification. She broke through her income ceiling and has now created a seven-figure global coaching business and is also showing her students how to create their own six-figure coaching businesses. Reese has created a five-step method that helps leaders, innovators, and influencers like you on your path to achieving what you want and being who you are meant to be. She does this by using the world's leading mindset and energetic techniques to recode your emotions and subconscious thoughts so you'll naturally upgrade the signal you send out to the universe and elevate your level of magnetism so you attract nothing but the best people and opportunities for your life. Hi, Reese. Thank you so much for being here with me today. I am so excited for this interview. Like I told you, I feel like I'm talking to like a childhood celebrity or something, because I've been following you for a while now. Oh, you are so cute. I'm so excited to be here. Thank you so much for having me on your podcast. Of course. Um, so like I told you, you know, I, you obviously didn't realize it at first, but I am one of your students for the Yes Apply Practitioner Certification. So, you know, being here with you is so amazing right now. I have been manifesting this moment since I began your program. You are so I, cute. I'm honestly so excited to chat with you even more now that I know you're a student. We're going to have so many fun things to talk about with mindset. Incredible. I have actually uh, a morning incantation that I recite every day, and it mm-hmm. actually includes that I would someday soon have a chance to meet you and maybe collaborate with you on a project or new initiative. But I've been saying that for months. So the fact that it's happening right now is just incredible. Oh my God. Where are you located? Because after I'm, COVID, then we can actually meet in person. I know right now this is as good as it gets. Yeah, I'm in Florida right now. I'm Boca. Okay, I never, oh, you know what? Actually, I have a friend in Boca, so who knows? Maybe it'll all interconnect somehow. Yes. Oh, and Reese, you know that little girl that was doing emotional freedom techniques that you reposted on your story a few weeks ago? She's so sweet. (laughs) Yeah, I can't wait till Isaiah's old enough, my new baby, for anyone listening. Yeah. Because I'm going to be teaching him all the things. That's amazing. Yeah, my daughter's name is Aurora, and she also sees all your posts. So mm-hmm. I also wanted to say congratulations on your baby boy. You look amazing, by the way. Thank you. Like, yeah. you're still glowing. Yeah, it's been a, it's been a journey. Um, and, you know, some people have told me that I've lost weight, and it's because my little baby is, like, always needs to be on me, and he doesn't let me or his dad sit down. Like, if we're sitting down holding him, he's like, no. And then when you stand and walk around with him, then he's fine. So I'm, like, literally walking laps around my house. I'm like, I guess this is how I'm going <laughs> to lose the yeah. baby. That's how my daughter was, so. Yeah. Oh, really? Maybe it's a normal thing. So I was like, why did he always want to just, like, walk around in circles? Yeah, no. He's definitely going to be a very attached baby. Yeah. <laughs> You're going to lose all the weight and more. Trust me. <laughs> so funny. So Reese, what inspired you to name your program Yes Supply? So tell us about the meaning behind it. Yeah, actually. So it's so funny. When I came up with my business idea, Yes Supply, I actually didn't even know coaching existed, didn't know anything about mindset. But what I had realized just from, you know, being surrounded by friends and people that I, I was always surrounded by friends, people that I really believed in and I would see their potential. And people would always say things to me like, I really want to be an artist, but I could never do that. I really want to make X amount of money, but I can never do that. I really want to travel, but I can never do it. And it would irk me so much. Like it would just pain me to hear these people that I believe in say, 
but I could never do that. And I realized like these people have nothing standing in their own way. They just keep saying no to themselves. And then I realized, I looked at me and I was like, wait a second, I keep saying no to myself. I keep saying to myself, I'll never get that job or the business idea isn't going to work out. I keep getting in my own way. So Yes Supply was almost like an experiment in getting out of my comfort zone and saying yes to myself as much as I could. And also I wanted to go on a journey where I could show other people that if they say yes to themselves in anything, they can create the life of their dreams. And since then, you know, started the coaching certification. And it's funny how things lined up because I never could have dreamed that this is how it would have worked out. But now not only am I able to inspire people to say yes to themselves from my own personal life and my own personal stories, but now I'm empowering almost a thousand coaches where I think we're 20 away from having a thousand people that have enrolled wow. in So, you know, now I've empowered about a thousand people and of course it's going to continue to grow who are going out into the world and teaching other people how to say yes to themselves too and it's just that ripple effect is incredible i love it and i already know this as your student of course but for anyone who may not um can you tell us about your background story and how that led you to where you are today yeah so i feel like when i look back on my life i've gone through so many different things that I see, and at the time it was like really painful and really traumatic, but now I feel like I've gone through so many different things so that I could help a wide array of people, like a wide variety of people. Like I've dealt with, you know, being rejected. I dealt with, uh, it was undiagnosed, but essentially it was an eating disorder. I was aiming for zero calories a day, um, just trying to be skinny enough and good enough and pretty enough and all those different things. Um, and when I was a teenager, my mom was in a really abusive relationship. And so I grew up surrounded by, you know, a lot of violence, a lot of pain, a lot of shouting and yelling and just being just a toxic environment. And then after that, I think a big part of the contribution to it was being in that toxic environment. Uh, my mom actually ended up getting breast cancer too, which Thank goodness she's survived. She's like, I think she's 15 years now cancer-free. Um, incredible. incredible. But essentially, um, all of those things that I had gone through, I had just such low self-confidence, such low self-esteem, didn't believe in myself. I wanted more, but I didn't know that I was deserving of more, and I didn't know that more was possible for me. I thought that you had to you know, be well-connected or born rich or whatever it was to be successful. I didn't know that someone like me could create something out of themselves, even though I really wanted to. And, um, you know, worked in a string of jobs that I hated as well, retail jobs and hospitality jobs, just never feeling like I was enough. And always having that reflected back to me too. My managers and people that I worked with and customers, they would treat me like I wasn't enough either. And now looking back, I realize that, the reason why I was being treated that way was because I was treating myself that way. I wasn't seeing my own self-worth. I wasn't seeing my own capabilities. And we all are capable of having so much more than we have. And for anyone who's listening to the podcast right now, you're sitting here and listening because you want more. And the very fact that you want more is a sign that you deserve more. You're meant for more. You wouldn't want it if it didn't want you as much as you want it. So through, through all of that, that just inspires me even more to keep, you know, doing what I'm doing and just teaching people um, how incredible they are and the power of their subconscious mind. Because when you understand how powerful you are and you understand your mind, then nothing can stand in your way. Yes, I completely agree. And it's so crazy because, you know, you talk about your, you know, personal background and your struggles. And when I first read your, um, your landing page and I was reading it and there's so many things that I went through that are very similar to what you went through, you know, like my dad was in a toxic relationship with my, you know, former stepmother. There was a lot of negativity and this was in my high school years and it lasted around the same time as yours. Yeah. It was like six years and it scarred me, you know, 
and now I'm finally, you know, accepting it and then, and seeing how other people like yourself went through something like that and how like you overcame all that. And it's just been so inspiring. Um, so yeah, there's just two, so many similarities I'm not going to yeah. get into cause I'm going to start talking about my whole life story right now, <laughs> but, but there's just know, so many similarities. That, sorry. Hearing you yeah. say that though, that just gives me chills because you know, when I started this, I didn't know that there was anybody who had gone through what I had gone through. And when I was going through it, I'm sure you can relate and felt the same. When I was going through it, I felt like I was the only person in the world this was mm. happening to. I felt alone. I felt I felt embarrassed. Like if anything, if anyone should feel embarrassed, it's the abuser, right? But I felt embarrassed. I would go to school and pretend that everything was fine. And then I'd go home and my home life was terrible. But hearing you say that right now, Andy, honestly, gives me chills because, like, when I started all this, I was like, maybe I can inspire one person who went through the same thing as I did. And, like, here you are, right? And then yeah. now you're a coach. You're learning all the tools in the Yes Supply Method. You're going to go out and help even more people that maybe relate to you in a way that they wouldn't relate to me. Right. Which is amazing. Yeah. And I like, I've always been hesitant about talking about it because it was this, you know, thing that I never wanted to go back to and like, yeah. yeah, like, you know, that type of feeling. But now, like, ever since, you know, I started your program and I hear you talk so openly about it, I'm like, wow, like, I'm gonna, I'm gonna do it. I'm not sure when, but I'm gonna talk about it. You know, I'm kind of making it like this, like, mission, like, one day I'm gonna be very vulnerable and, like, give out all those details to, like, just release. But, yeah, I think that's amazing, and I'm just so grateful that I, you know, came across your page. Um, so it's something else time. that I, yeah, definitely. time to get comfortable, and I remember the first time, the first person I told was actually a friend, and I remember shaking even just to tell her and we were we were good friends but I think that I had like like I said before I think I was embarrassed and carried a lot of shame even though now in hindsight I'm like why was I embarrassed like I didn't you know he should be embarrassed right or the user person should be embarrassed and I think that I also felt like if I told people about it, they would judge me or somehow think like, oh, I deserved it or something like that, which none of that is true. You know, when I started telling friends about it, I was met with nothing but acceptance and support. And if somebody who's listening has gone through that and you tell a friend who doesn't meet you with acceptance and support, they're probably not a very good friend. Like, you know, time to start looking for, for some friends who love you and support you. But yeah, I'm so exactly. glad you should with me. Yeah, no, the whole thing that you said about the feeling like they were, you were going to, you know, feel like it was your fault or that you deserved it, the judging. I still, you know, I am still working on all of that. That's why I was saying it's just so crazy how similar those those limiting beliefs that I went through are so similar. Like, it's just, it's, it's for like a whole nother episode. It's like a mirror. <laughs> like a, literally like a mirror. That's so crazy. Yeah. And you have a baby and I have a baby, so. Yeah, Exactly. So Reese, what do you believe are the qualities of a life and success coach who is worth investing in? Ooh, that's a good question. The qualities of a life and success coach that's worth investing in. So the first thing I would say is, do they inspire you, right? Like there's a great quote that says, I'm probably going to butcher the quote a little bit, but it's something along the lines of like, don't ask people for directions to someplace they've never been, right? Like, if you're going to hire a coach, even if they don't have the exact same story as you, is there something that you would admire about them? Have they maybe overcome something? Are they vulnerable in a certain way? Do, you, do they inspire you maybe the way that they show up or their commitment to their mission or how they give back in the world or whatever it is? So, you know, don't just hire a coach because somebody else said that they're a great coach because they might be a great coach for that somebody else, right? But they might not be the right fit for you. And um, yeah, and, and make sure it feels good too. Like there's been times where I've looked at maybe hiring a coach because they have achieved something, but then it doesn't feel right. And I also want to go with that internal feeling, that gut instinct. So when that's in alignment, I feel like that's a really great point. And also, too, that they invest in themselves. And I'm not, even though I run a certification business, 
I'll be open. Like you don't necessarily have to be certified to be coach. Like coaching is a completely unregulated industry. And there's so many coaches out there that are really, really great at what they do and don't necessarily have a certification. But I feel like if you're hiring a coach and you're investing in a coach, they should also be somebody who invests in being the best at what they do. Like if you want to be the best at what you do, that's why you hire a coach. And so I feel like being in the energy of somebody who wants to be the best at what they do. So even if it's not a certification, but maybe they're going to conferences, they're reading books and they're talking about the books that they do. Um, They're investing in their, their time, you know, everything like that. Like just look for some, um, evidence that they really walk their talk because, you know, literally anybody can start an Instagram account or put up a website and call themselves a coach, but do, do they actually embody what they say? Because, you know, you're a reflection of the people who you spend the most time with. And so when you start spending time with this coach, not just from what they're coaching you on is going to rub off on you but who they are is going to rub off on you and you definitely want to curate who you're spending your time with and who you're learning absolutely yeah absolutely and who do you believe is someone um in that position or what does it take for someone in that position to positively influence and change people's lives what does it take for a coach to positively impact yeah so in yeah in your opinion what does it take for us, for that person to become somebody in the position to influence and change someone's life? Mm. I, again, would say they walk their talk because here's the thing. When you're a coach, you don't change people's lives. They change their lives, right? So, you know, even though you're, you're my coaching client, if you say, Reese, you changed my life, I will always say, I'm so happy that you're in my program and I'm so happy that the tools helped you. But Andy, you changed your life. I just shared what I learned, but you changed your life. And so I think what makes a coach have the ability to help other people change their lives is a coach who's fully responsible for changing their own life. So are you, if you're a coach, are you waking up every morning and doing your morning rituals? Mm -hmm. Are you, you know, it's easy to tell people, like, do something that scares you every day. Do you actually do something that scares the shit out of you every day, right? Mm -hmm. Do you get yourself outside of your comfort zone? Do you, you know, like, one thing that I did and continue to do is, like, I hire on my team, not for where I am, but for where I'm going, right? And, And I remember, like, that being so scary, like, hopefully in three months I can pay this person, right? So luckily I'm not in that position anymore, but when I first started, I was thinking not as as a current Reese, but I was thinking of, of future Reese and acting like future Reese. And I think if you really walk your talk in terms of you're your own best coaching client, you call yourself on your bullshit, you you know invest in yourself the way that you would want someone else to invest in you and then you're open about sharing and teaching and being generous to help to you know kind of stick your hand out and guide other people on that way too with what you've learned that's how it is and like you know like when I signed up for my coaching certification that was the scariest 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 decision in the world like I was hopping on a plane flying to country flying to LA like flying across the country didn't really know the company. I just had this internal gut feeling that it was the right one for me and no guarantee that it would work out for me. No guarantee that like, and like, you know, my clients would like it or whatever. It's just like, just, I took a risk on myself. And then when I launched my training certification too, again, I hadn't seen anyone do it like me. The only people in the NLP industry that I had seen were like older white men, right? Like, I didn't resonate with anyone, but I had this idea in my head, I'm going to take these tools that I know that women who are, you know, kind of like me or coaches who are kind of like me who need this, I'm going to take this training and I'm going to make it my own and I'm going to help people in the way that I see that these tools can really help people. And I took a risk on myself by launching it, by putting myself out there, by teaching and people, people probably scrolling through YouTube being like, why is this girl tapping on her face? (laughs) Clients have even told me the first time they came across me, they were like, 
what is she doing? Why is she tapping on her face? I didn't understand it. And I was willing to look weird or look different because I believe in what I'm doing. And so I think that's like, you have to be able to go against the grain. Don't do what everyone else is doing. Do what you know in your heart is like what you're meant to do. Yeah, I love that. And what do you believe are some of the limiting beliefs that prevent many creatives and entrepreneurs from chasing their dreams and how can they overcome them? Mm, there's so many. Literally, if, if you're not where you want to be, the only reason is because of the, the limiting beliefs and limiting identities and negative emotions that are standing in your way. Once you clear those out, it's just like a fast track to everything that you want. So what, some of the ones that I see most commonly with coaches, especially, is who's ever going to listen to me or who's ever going to trust me to be their coach. Um, with creatives and business owners in general, one that I see a lot is um, too many people are already doing it or what's the point in starting? It's not going to work out anyway or it's hard to make money, those types of things. And I think it was the second part of your question, how do you overcome it? Yeah. Yeah. So literally, I would say the tools and the method. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's like the, the quickest way. That's why I'm so obsessed yeah. with it, right? Um, yeah, NLP or hiring a good coach who is mm -hmm. um, trained in working with the subconscious mind. Essentially, what it is, is it's reprogramming your subconscious mind. So however you, you have to do it, you know, do it, but that's how it's going to change because change doesn't happen on a conscious level. How many people say, oh, my New Year's resolution is I'm going to lose 40 pounds and I'm going to go to the gym every morning at 6 a.m. And then maybe they get their willpower and they wake up at 6 a.m. on January 1st and January 2nd. And then by January 3rd, they're like, oh, this is hard. And by January 5th, yeah. they're like, skip a day. And by January 14th, you know, they're they're back. They forgot. <laughs> they forgot. Right. And it's because our conscious mind is only about 0.004% of our daily actions, behaviors, and habits. So we can all say consciously, Oh yeah, I'm going to work out every day. But if you don't make the change on the subconscious level, you're not going to change because your subconscious is where the change happens. And it, and it, um, operates you know, over 99% of our daily behavior. So when you make the change on the subconscious level, it's going to be easy for you to get up in the morning. It's going to be easy for you to, yeah. it's be easy for you to say no to the cake and say yes to the berry smoothie or whatever it is. So again, the fast, like I, it sounds like I'm trying to sell my stuff. I'm not, it's just like, it is the way. No, to that's what it is. So, yeah. it is. And it's so funny because fast... no, go ahead. <laughs> Oh, um, no, I was just going to say the fast track is using NLP or hypnosis because that's literally like your shortcut to your subconscious mind. If for some reason someone's listening and, you know, maybe you don't have the resources or whatever right now for NLP, um, A, I have tons of videos on my YouTube, so definitely that's a great place to start, but also to the other way to get through to your subconscious mind is through repetition, right? So the fast track is NLP or hypnosis. Um, also a way to communicate with your subconscious mind is an emotional event. But of course you don't want to have to go through a trauma just to start going to the gym in the morning. Right. And then the other way is through repetition. So um, if somebody does want to make that change, affirming to yourself over and over again, I am a healthy person. I wake up at 6 a.m., writing it out, da, 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 but that's going to take a really long time. And you have to have the willpower and consistency to continue the repetition until it drills into your, to your subconscious. And there's no one perfect amount of time that it will work. A lot of people say right. 21 days, but for some people it could take longer. For some people it will take shorter with NLP. It could literally take one session. Yeah, that's incredible. You know what's funny too? When, before I found you, it was funny because I was already listening to, you know, trainings on mindset and, you know, getting into that um, motivational state and, and, you know, just taking action. And I was having trouble, like, really you know, feeling that and, and really feeling that change. And, and then, and then I told my husband, I was like, I need to do something. I was like, I, I don't, I think I need to fix something within 
there, like, I didn't even know anything about NLP, but I could already sense that it was something deeper. I was like, I have to fix myself. I have to fix something. I know that there's something that I need to do that's going to make sense later in order for me to actually follow all these, like, all these, you know, people and all their great advice, because I'm like, it just, it, it isn't sticking. And then when I finally started learning NLP, I was like, wow, like it was that, it was just that everybody, you know, tells you things on the, on the conscious level, but it's really on the subconscious level where you actually need to make those changes. So yeah, yeah it's just incredible. It's incredible. You are giving me chills, Andrea, because even, or Andy, sorry, because even that, like, your intuition was so strong. You didn't even know what it was, but something yeah. was telling you, you need to learn how to fix from the inside out. And so I think you were getting downloads, like something higher <laughs> than you was telling you, like you need to learn these tools. And then it was just waiting for you to come across the, the sales page or certification page or whatever. And then yeah. it's like, that's what I've been looking for. But it, I think you, I, Correct me if I'm wrong, but you must have a yeah. really great connection to your intuition because it seems like yeah. you just knew before it was even presented to you. Yeah, I, yeah, I, I've been told that I'm very intuitive, so I, I had that feeling, and I was just like, "This isn't working." Like, like ah, all these people are telling me to do this, and I'm hearing all these great talks and all these trainings and all these girls like, "Oh yeah," and you like, want to do it when you hear the podcast. You're like, "Oh my god, I totally want to do that," but then you forget yeah. not on the subconscious. Yeah. Exactly. I was like, there's something wrong. Like there's just something else. I know that there's something else. And then I found, you know, your, your page. And then I showed my husband and he read it. He was like, wow. Yeah. Like this is it, you know? <laughs> so it was, it was amazing. Um, so Reese, um, I know you talk a lot about self-sabotaging patterns. Um, and that's something I've personally, you know, also gone through a lot. Um, so aside from NLP, or if it's only NLP, you can you know, of, of course talk about it. What are the best ways to unlearn that and to learn to love and accept yourself as a person? Yeah, for sure. So one thing to understand about us as humans is that a big part of why we have these self-sabotaging patterns is simply because our body and our mind or our body and our brains are trying to keep us safe. So as spiritual beings, we're these unlimited, incredible beings that know that we're capable of everything of, you know, changing the world and being rich and being influential and helping so many people because we know that we're unlimited. That's our spirit. But our body, our bodies are little like animals, just like a little like chipmunk that you see outside. And all they want to do is just like eat and survive and be safe. And so when you want something more, which your spirit is always going to want something more because you're created to have more, you're going to know I'm meant for more. But your little human animal body is going to be like, oh, no, that's scary. I don't want to do it. And so why we self-sabotage is because our, our brain, our habitual behaviors, and our bodies, they're hijacking our goals to keep us safe. So if you want to find out why am I self-sabotaging, look at the behaviors and find out what's underneath them. So, for example, a big one that I see with creatives and new coaches is they're afraid to do live streams. They, they want to do live streams. They want to share their story. They want to help people. They want to be influential. And then they never do a live stream. And so a question to ask yourself is, what's behind that? Why am I not doing the live stream? And one thing could be fear of judgment. Why are you so afraid of being judged? Well, because if my family judges me, that I might lose love, and that's not safe. Right, Because, you know, as humans, we evolved, we're tribal beings, we need to be surrounded by our families and, you know, the people who will keep us safe from an attacker, right? So right. they might not move forward because of fear of rejection, because we might lose love for our family, or, you know, fear of leaving the job, because what if I don't have enough to eat? And, you know, obviously, that's not going to help you survive either. Or sometimes, too, it even comes from a past life or a past generation. So if you've gotten as far in the program as learning about our timelines, sometimes we can actually take on memories and fears from past lives. 
So what I also see a lot in the SFI method is people who in a past life, they were a witch and they got burnt or a past generation and they got burned at the stake for sharing their gifts. And so now in this life, they're afraid to share their gifts because there's, it's not a, a necessarily a real memory until you do the technique, but there's some aspect where they feel like if I share what, you know, my gifts, mm-hmm. like, I feel like I'm going to die. Like it, it's right. that scary to them. And it's because there's that unresolved memory and emotion on the subconscious level. So if, if you're ever self-sabotaging, um, maybe you find yourself getting into jobs that you hate or relationships that you hate or whatever it is, it's because on some level in the past, you learned that that was safe. Maybe your parents were in a negative relationship. And so you keep going back to that. Or um, maybe you heard your parents say like, you have to work in a job that you hate or you have to work really hard to survive. So when you can unravel those beliefs, that's how you'll actually start to move forward with your life. Wow. Now, in terms of work-life balance, um, how can people protect their time and energy while still being productive? Mm, That's such a good question. So one thing that I have become obsessed with in the past year is human design. So I think the first thing that is really, really great to do for anybody who wants to protect their energy is first find out what is your energy type. And your human design is really going to help you with that. So in human design, there's um, different types of designs that we have. So there's manifestors, manifesting generators, generators, projectors, and reflectors. And so somebody who is a manifester, so I'm a manifester, I have a lot of energy to start things, but I don't have as much energy to execute and complete things. And that used to be something that I used to beat myself up about because I would have all this energy to start things. I have all these ideas and then, you know, they, they don't get finished. I'm a manifester Um, too. Manifester too. Oh my God. That's why we're vibing so well. And then, um, there's generators, for example. So they have more energy to execute, right? Um, there's projectors. They're here to be our guides, on this planet and they're really good they don't have all the energy that a generator does as well but they're really good at guiding resources um, and seeing resources around them so first off and and even if you don't know your human design even just do a little bit of self-reflection and just think about like how like when do i want to work do i work better in the morning the evening at night i'm nocturnal I can work for long hours. I want to work three hours. I want to work three days a week and then have mm-hmm. you know, five days, four days off or whatever. <laughs> yeah. um, but anyway, I get the extra day in the week, right? So anyway, um, first figure out what would feel good to you. And it's so funny because we're so used to working nine to five. But one thing that I realized about myself is like in the mornings, I don't focus that well. So once I realized that I stopped forcing myself to work in the mornings or beating myself up about working in the mornings. And I just took mornings for me. I do yoga or I go for a walk or I just go for an extra long coffee date or like whatever it was because there's no point in me forcing myself to work in the morning because I hate it. It just doesn't work for me. So figure out what is your energy. And then in terms of getting work-life balance, um, for, oh, I have so many things. Like I could talk, I think I could do like a whole conference on this. But then also think about, okay, what is your goal? What is it that mm-hmm. you can achieve? And what it, what inspired action do I need to take in order to get that and make sure that you're doing what needs to be done, but you're not filling up your plate with too many things. So what will happen a lot, especially with the online space is you see one guru tells you you have to write a book and another guru says you need a webinar and another guru says you need a podcast on YouTube. And before you know it, you have this mile long to do list because you think that you need a podcast and a book and a uh, Emmy and all these different yeah things. and to be on all the social media platforms and yeah so look exhausting. at it. yeah it, it can be exhausting and a lot of people get burnt out and that's why it's so important to know this too because you don't want to work yourself into oblivion where it actually takes a toll on your health like so many people are having adrenal fatigue and burnout and all these different things because they think that's what they need to do to be successful 
You don't need to do that to be successful. You just need to be clear on where it is that you want to go and manage your resources correctly to get there. So figuring out exactly what you need to do to get there, eliminating the rest, or if you can, delegating the rest, asking for help, asking for support, and keeping it really lean. Like, um, again, because I work with coaches, this is just something I see come up a lot, but so many people are like, oh, well, I want to start a coaching business, but I can't get started until I have a podcast and a website. And, mm-hmm. blah, 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 blah. and it's like, no, like, actually, if you want to coach, you just need a human that wants to be coached. And if you want to get, like, when I first started um, having people pay me, I just sent them a PayPal link. Like, you don't, and yes, I did have a website, but I could have done that without a website because I found them through Facebook. I found these clients through Facebook and Instagram, and then I sent them a PayPal link. So, yes, it was nice that I had a website, but I didn't need that. You just need a human who needs your coaching help a way for them for you to receive the money. So it could be PayPal, it could be Venmo, it could be a wire transfer, whatever. And, you know, Zoom, or if you're not even that techie, like a phone, like I've done coaching calls before on the phone. So it's like eliminating all the extras and eliminating all the shirts and doing the necessary. Um, And then of course, you know, cultivating your time to make sure that you are sticking to the time that you want to work. And then, you also, you kind of have to schedule like, okay, I'm not working, right? Because there's a law, I forget what it's called, but it says like, we will, like, if you give yourself till 6 p.m. to do something, it's going to take you forever. But if you only give yourself till 2 p.m., you'll get it done in two hours if it's noon, right? And so it's like, also make sure that you're, if you're working on something, you're focused, and then you're also saying, okay, at 6 p.m., that's when I'm going to uh, take time with my family. So be intentional about having that work-life balance because if you just kind of let things slide, then you're just going to be working all over the place. Yeah. No, that's horrible. Just my, I'm just remembering my sister because she'll take her laptop everywhere. Yeah. And she'll just be working when we're eating or when we're in a family gathering, I'm like, get off your laptop. Yeah. Yeah. And and, you know, like for someone who's going through that, it's not necessarily their fault because it's like, you know, there's people who say like, you have to work, work, work. And then when you're tired, work harder and hustle and da, da, da. And it's that whole like hustle mentality. And my thing is if I notice that I'm working too much, it's like, where do I need to delegate? Where do I need to ask for help? Am I filling up my calendar with busy work? Like, those are really important questions to ask yourself. Um, just finding out, like, what's really going to move the needle for you. Absolutely. And now, you know, more than ever, I'm a huge believer in money mindset. Mm-hmm. So how is developing a money and abundance mindset crucial to success? Mm-hmm you won't like plain and simple you won't be able to make the money you want if you don't work on your money mindset if you feel bad about having money or bad about wanting money or guilty for having or receiving money you will constantly block yourself so you know before when i didn't have any a money mindset i was afraid to talk about money i would never ask for a raise in my head i thought if you ask for a raise you get fired like I just, that's just the belief that I have. Yeah, no, I I thought like that too. (laughs) Yeah. If I ask for a raise, I get fired. If I talk about money, people will hate me. If anybody, oh my God, nobody can know that I actually want money because that means I'm a greedy and a horrible person. And I definitely don't want to be a salesperson because that's going to make me essentially the equivalent of the greasy dad in Matilda. Have you seen Matilda? <laughs> yeah, like, millions. I still watch Matilda. <laughs> oh my God, I love that movie. Um, I should watch it again. I haven't watched it forever. Anyway, yeah. <laughs> so we have to think about, like, where did I learn all these things? So for the longest time, I thought, oh, if you're a salesperson, you're literally the stepdad in Matilda. It's, I don't know if he's the dad or the stepdad, but... Um, it's a it, dad. He's a dad, okay. It, it was hard to believe, but yeah. I know, because he's so it's her dad. Hey, yeah. Um, it's actually really sad when I think about it. Um, I could go on a whole other thing, (laughs) anyway, (laughs) um, but I won't, but anyway, um, you know, we're, we are, we learn that a salesperson is a bad person and we learn that if you want money, you're greedy and da da da. And so that you asked me earlier about self-sabotage and that's where self-sabotage will come in. 
if all of these beliefs are under the surface that if you have money, you're a bad person, or if you want money, you're greedy and all these things, you're, you're not going to have it, right? Because you'll start, for example, if you start a business, someone might say like, oh my God, you're so talented. Um, I'd love to buy your music or I'd love to buy your art. And you say, no, 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 you don't have to pay me. I'll give it to you for free. And, you know, you'll continue to do those types of things. And then you don't actually get to have the business that you want. And the thing is, by doing that, by devaluing your work and devaluing your talents, you're actually doing more harm than good. If you give away all your music for free, or you give away all your art for free, or you give away all your coaching for free, how are you going to get resources to become a better coach or a better musician? How are you going to buy more equipment? How are you going to be able to get the help so you don't burn out? How are you going to be able to do the marketing so you can reach more people and help more people? Like, right. People, I love buying from a company that I want to support. I love investing in a coach or in music or in art that I love. And so by you allowing somebody to invest in something that you've created that they could never create, you're, you're doing them a favor, right? Like, Imagine we had to do everything for ourselves. Like I had to build this computer myself in order to have a computer and like mold, like mold this mug out of ceramic in order to have a, a mug. Like I would be a very busy person. I think it's a huge luxury that I can pay somebody who's really good at that thing that I'm not good at. Like imagine the only music I could listen to is music that I sung. That would really stink, you know? <laughs> it's so, it's like we all have different talents and we all have different gifts. And we exchange them, right? I'm, I'm good at coaching and I'm good at my training. So people exchange that with me. There's other people that are great at other things, making cars, making laptops, um, you know, the services that I use, massage, Reiki, whatever. And I'm happy to exchange with them. And if we just look at it as an exchange of our natural yeah. talent rather than a greedy money thing, um, we're, we'll, we'll be able to quit the self-sabotage and actually serve in the way that we want to serve. Exactly. Yeah. Like you always say, right. Money is just energy. Just energy. Yeah. And ever, ever since I started learning that, you know, I used to think, okay, maybe, okay, no, I shouldn't buy that. I should save. And obviously you have to be, you know, conscious about how you spend, you know, I'm not saying, you know, go and just get in debt. Right. (laughs) But now I don't feel guilty anymore. Like if I want to get something that I need, I get it. And I've noticed that now when I spend on things that I want and need, it motivates me to make more money because I'm like, I want to spend, you know? So I feel that energy like out and come back to me, you know, out and in. So I love that. I love that. And a lot of influencers and creatives, um, especially, you know, like musicians, actors, you know, they, they believe that being poor is like the thing when it comes Mm. to their art, you know, like the starving artist mentality, like, Oh, you know, if I love something so much, you know, like I'll be happy doing it for free. And it's kind of like they take pride in that. I feel Mm -hmm. because when I was um, in college, like I had a theater minor um, and, and I started doing like a lot of, you know, artsy things and I remember thinking that way you know I remember thinking like no like I'm supposed to be like I'm not supposed to make money you know like I'm an artist (laughs) it's like you get into that like delusional state about money because like you're constantly hearing that so um which brings me to the next question so for you know specific specifically for these creatives you know they are on a small budget. So how would you say that, you know, they can effectively market themselves when they're just starting out and have a very limited budget because they've been in that, in that mm. mindset for so long? That's a good question. So if you have low resources and you want to yeah. market yourself, um, well, I think we're all so blessed because we have access to social media and we have access to the internet where you can literally get in front of so many people in such a short amount of time. So I think it's being, um, strategic as well, because of course you can just start posting on Instagram and Facebook and YouTube, and then you hear crickets, right? You don't like nobody pays attention to you. Um, and it's, 
challenging when you know you're posting and posting and posting and then you're not getting the results that you want and you're not helping people that you want so I think it's really important to be strategic so think about like the people who you're helping or the people that you're serving what kind of information are they looking for what kind of work are they looking for um and make sure that you're you know combining your love of the stuff that you do with service, right? If you're serving, you're gonna be successful. And then another thing to think about too is, um, can you get in front of more people? So like, I know when I first started, I was using Facebook groups a lot because you know, there's like thousands of people in a Facebook group or Pinterest groups because there's lots of people in Pinterest groups. Um, and also too, like one thing that I do is I post on YouTube because with Instagram, you know, people might stumble across you, but with YouTube, people are actually like searching. So, you know, thinking about like, how can I help people? I'm like, what are people searching for? And combining what I love to talk about with what people are searching for so that, you know, the right people can find me. Um, and I think it also goes back to, too, like you were just saying, the creative say, like, I love it. Like, I love it so much. I would do it for free. And guess what? Like, when I first started, there was things that I was technically doing for free because I was all my marketing I was doing for free. Like when I do um, a video where I'm teaching something or I'm telling a story, I am doing it for free and I love doing it. And then also too, when you're doing that free stuff that helps people, inviting them to the method of which you could get paid. So if I do a live stream and I help a lot of people, at the end of the live stream, I'm going to say, by the way, I have my certification, da, 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 and I talk about it so that, you know, there's that um, flow of energy and I'm able to receive for the work that I'm giving as well. Yeah, definitely. And you were just talking about, you know, building a community and I was, I wanted to talk to you about that. So how can someone build the community of their dreams with supporters who are loyal and who share the same vision? Um, sorry, could you repeat the last part of that question? Sure. So how can somebody build the community of their dreams with supporters specifically that are loyal to them and share the same vision? Mm, that's such a good question. So I think how you do that is you're loyal to them. So one of the universal laws is the law of cause and effect. Like whatever you put out, you get back. And there's a law of divine oneness as well. Like we're all one and we're all connected. So one of the things that I always ask myself is like, how can I love my audience today? Especially when I was first starting and I didn't know what the heck I was doing. I would just ask like, how can I love my audience today? And I would just show up and I would just like love them. Like I would just be there to that for them, um, give them help, give them advice, like tell them what I wish somebody had told me. And it was from me being loyal and being consistent and helping that, you know, people can pick up on that. People pick up on your energy, right? Like when you're talking to someone, only 7% of what you say is your words. The other 93% is your energy. So if you're showing up, like I'm truly here to help you. I'm truly here because I feel like I have something to give and I think that it can change and positively impact the world. People can feel that and they're magnetized to that. So I'd say like, um, you know, with the golden rule, it's like, mm you know, give to others like what, what you'd want someone to give to you. And so if you want loyal, a loyal community, like be loyal to your community, even when it's a hundred people, be loyal to that 100 people because they're going to love you so much. They're going to tell everyone about you that it's going to turn into a thousand and then 10,000 and then a hundred thousand. Yeah. And then you'll just attract the people that are like you and the people that you want your dream exactly. clients. Exactly. Yeah. Like I just talk about what I love and what I'm obsessed with. And then the people who are obsessed with the same thing come to me. You're such a great example. At the beginning of the podcast, you shared how your story is so similar to me. And, you know, it's not like I went out and I Googled like how to find somebody who's just like me, you know, I just <laughs> shared my story and, you know, you're very intuitive. And so you probably, universe probably showed you my Instagram page one day or a friend told you told you about me or something like that but it, no, it came all up on Instagram came up on Instagram right? it just clicked 
Yeah, and and so it's just like we also have to remember that the universe is working with us, and so if we're here to serve and help people, the universe is going to participate and help us help them too by showing us the right people who need our work. Yeah, absolutely. And I love how you've developed, you know, your program. So I wanted to talk to you about what you believe are the benefits of developing an e-commerce product or course that allows you to scale and generate revenue on autopilot. <laughs> Literally, like, it's endless, right? I get freedom. I get to work on my own schedule. I get to be out with my family. I get to make money when I travel. And most importantly, I get to do it on my own terms, right? When I was working for someone else, I had to do what they wanted me to do when they wanted me to do it. And in different jobs, it didn't always align to my values. But here, I get to do exactly what I want to do and help people in the way that I want to help them. That's amazing. And Reese, for my last few questions, I like to dive more into personal growth and mindset. So if you could go back and do anything differently that would have avoided setbacks and that would have gotten you to where you are today a lot sooner, what would that be? I just say, like, don't doubt yourself, you know, like anytime where I've slowed myself down, it was because I was doubting myself or thinking like, this is never going to work out or who am I or comparing myself. I think it's so important to stay on your own lane and know what your strengths are and then follow that. And did you have any mentors along the way that you believe contributed to your career growth? Yeah, you know, I've taken different courses and seminars and conferences. And so I would say, like, when you feel called to take a certain course, like, follow that. Um, I think the biggest one is probably Bob Proctor. He's a manifestation trainer. He's, like, Love him. like 85 years old. Um, and what I've learned from him has been monumental for me. I love Bob Proctor. I can hear my son having a little bit of a meltdown. Do you mind if I grab him? Oh, no, bring him over. Sorry about that. Hold on. Bring him. <laughs> Sorry about that. It's okay. I remember those days. He's really, he really needs me. Hi, Isaiah. I know. Oh, my gosh. He is too cute. And his dad was taking care of him, but sometimes he just needs yeah, me. No. Yeah, no. My daughter was exactly the same. Trust me. Like, she didn't, like, she still, like, has trouble letting go of me and she's already four years old so oh so cute I'm sorry, I'm sorry to your partner because oh. I have to edit this oh it's fine yeah no he's loving it he's, okay. he's like smiling we're getting baby fever over here oh, okay. <laughs> okay he just needs to be with mommy sometimes yeah and is there anything that you do as part of your daily routine, like preparing for big moments that help you shift into a brave and empowered mindset? Yeah, visualization is huge. So, you know, if you're trying to create the life of your dreams, but you're just thinking about like, this is who I am now, and these are the resources I have now, and I don't have enough, or I don't know enough, and all these different things, you're going to get stuck and you're going to run around in circles. And so I think about, okay, what is it that I'm creating? Like that end goal that I'm creating. And then I visualize myself there and I visualize all the things that have come together in order to create that. And I just make it like super real in my mind. And what happens is your subconscious starts to believe that that's already happening. And that also energizes me to be like, oh, I can do that. Like, it seemed like it was hard when I was thinking I don't have the resources. But then when I go there in my mind, like, I'm capable of that. And I just, like, get my beliefs behind that. And then, two, using the subconscious tools that we teach in the Yes Supply Method. So hypnotherapy, if I need to shift or update my beliefs to believe that something is possible for me. Or neurolinguistic programming to... Um, change a belief like if I'm telling myself I can't do that or you know like I remember when I used to say um it's hard to make a hundred thousand dollars a month how the hell am I ever going to make a hundred thousand dollars a month like that seemed like a like a crazy amount of money and then this last month we made a quarter million dollars right and I have Amazing. a newborn <laughs> I have a newborn like I'm not even working that much and so you know when you shift your beliefs 
really anything is possible and you shift your identity. And like I said before, when you're asking about time management and balance, asking for help, delegating, doing what actually matters and not spending time on the things that, you know, are time consuming, but aren't getting your results. Right. Yeah, absolutely. And I really love how you're with your baby right now. And that's how, you know, you're saying those on your Instagram, I noticed, you know, that moms, you're saying that moms don't have to stop, you know, doing what they're doing to be good moms and they don't have to stop working. And, you know, you being there with your baby right now is just incredible to see because for example me personally I would get really nervous like oh what am I going to do with Aurora like if I have to you know do a live or if I have to work like you know trying to make sure that she doesn't make any noises and it's like no you know that's just life and if she comes across the room or makes a noise or if I have to sit her on my lap you know this is I feel like this is something that has to be more um, widely like done by more women. So oh, you are giving incredible. me so today, Andy. I honestly <laughs> like, like, re- like really though, I'm not just saying that like as a fun thing to say, like you're literally giving me chills and I a hundred percent agree. Like, you know, like I came back and I apologize if you have to edit when I went to grab him or whatever. But at the same time, it's like, if someone is interviewing me or they're watching my live stream or whatever, they're watching me and that's all of me. And Isaiah is a part of that now. And so, you know, if somebody doesn't want my baby to exist or be a part of it, but they want my interview or they want it, you know, like that's, that's not who I am anymore. Should have interviewed me three years ago. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) He's here and he needs me. And, you know, different people have different values, but for me, my top value is my family. So like, that's how, that's just how it has to be. And I appreciate being so understanding of it too. Oh yeah, of course. Yeah. I was, before um, we came on, I was actually, you know, hoping that you would bring Isaiah. So (laughs) I don't know if I maybe manifested it, but literally when I was getting, when I was getting ready, I was like, I hope Isaiah, like, come, comes in. Like, I hope she's with I Isaiah. That's why he was screaming. Yeah, I was like, I just hope she's with her baby. I was like, I'm sure she's going to bring him. Like, sure, she might. Like, and now he's there. So cute. A question you asked me about balance, too, before. So one thing that my husband and I have done, because he has a business as well, is, like, we worked out a schedule, and that's helped us. So, like, instead of me always trying to like hustle to get things done or on naps or whatever, it's like, I know that like Wednesday afternoons and Thursday afternoons and a lot of the time on Mondays, that's like when I'm focused on work. And then um, like on Tuesdays and Fridays and in the mornings, that's when my husband works. And during those times I'm fully present with Isaiah. Like I'm not trying to do a bunch of different things. I'm just mm-hmm. like, we're playing, we're reading books. He, he loves this little like piano toy that we have. Like we're just Aww. doing, doing that. And that's so important because again, too, it's like, why do we start our businesses to live a great life? And so for, you know, not living our lives, then we have to go back to the drawing board and ask mm-hmm. ourselves, like, why do, why are we doing this in the first place then? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. It's very important to just turn off cell phones and just look up instead of down right with the laptops and all that yeah completely agree yeah and what are some must reads this is something I've been really curious about um I know you talk a lot about think and grow rich um and I know you also mentioned I believe uh, how to win friends and influence people but any other books that you believe have contributed significantly to your success Mm, law of divine compensation by Marianne Williamson is really good um Neville Goddard's work is really good. Like Power of Awareness is really good. He has a few that I just love. Um, hmm, I'm trying to think. Oh, Power of the Subconscious Mind by Joseph Murphy. People keep asking me to put up a reading list. I really need to, to get around. But those are some really yeah. good top ones. Nice. In terms of business, the E-Myth too. Because the E-Myth talks about like delegating and not – um, you know, being a slave to your business, but having a balance in your life. 
Right. Absolutely. And lastly, I like to end the interviews with an inspiring story. So Reese, is there anything that you would like to share with us? You know, maybe a personal challenge, how you overcame that and any words of wisdom that you would give or an offer to anybody else who may be struggling with the same thing. Mm, so I'm guessing cause you're a mom, you probably have a lot of mom listeners. Um, so like one thing that I can share is like my whole life, I always was really afraid of childbirth. Um, not afraid of being pregnant, not afraid of having the baby, but the actual childbirth thing scared the heck <laughs> out of me. And um, it's so interesting too, because when you think about it, it's like, where did we learn that? But every movie you watch, every show that you watch just portrays it as this like terrible, horrible thing. And so throughout the nine months I was pregnant with Isaiah, I went on such a journey to change my beliefs. And I ended up um, giving birth without any epidural or any Pitocin or any of the drugs or anything like that. And I used hypnosis for the pain relief. And it just reminded me, and I just inspires me so much because I think that so much of the media tries to make women believe that we're not in control of our bodies or you know we're not in tune with our bodies and just this whole journey reminded me that like yes like I am powerful and I am in control of my body and, and I can work through this and I think that any way that any woman gives birth is beautiful like whether it's cesarean or, or anything like that but it just taught me and reminded me to really question the the learnings, I suppose, or the messages, I should say, that we get from the media. And and that goes for everyone, whether you're, you know, a woman who maybe doesn't believe she can start a business or be successful without a man. That's something we get taught so much, right, from the, from the media. Or if you're a person of color that thinks that you can't be successful because you haven't seen it. Or, again, if you're a woman who doesn't trust herself because of the messages, whatever, it's just so important to ask ourselves, like, where did I learn this? And is this really true? And you're going to realize that nothing is true, like, unless we make it true. Like, we can make a different choice. And so just this whole journey with him reminded me of that. Yeah, that's incredible. Yeah, and I completely agree with that, you know think about it and then see where it's coming from because you know the source is very important I love that you said that especially when you're googling things oh my gosh yes (laughs) and and it's funny I I actually watched a lot of videos on YouTube about positive childbirth just to program and remind my subconscious mind like I can have that too yeah I wish I would have known hypnosis when I had my daughter because I tried to not get the epidural for like the first nine hours I mean I I tried, yeah. but, but then my back was hurting so much and I was yeah. like, and yeah, like, I didn't know what to do. Yeah. And it's like, I think any, like if you brought a baby into this world, if you're like, you're powerful, you're a woman, you're powerful, you know, like, like, so that's not what I'm trying to say, but it's just like, I think it's just, I think it's just another lesson how it's so important to learn about ourselves right exactly and and learn about like what our options are and not just take what people are trying to feed us but know that like we can do things things differently yeah I feel like I can do a whole other podcast on this because like there's things that actually slow I'll just say this really quickly like if you if you're in labor and you go into fight or flight you're actually going to pause your your birth like your uterus oh, is wow. contracting so if you go into the hospital and there's bright fluorescent light that put that touches your, oh, your refrigerant, that puts you into fight or flight yeah and those somebody, lights are horrible yeah if somebody says something that's a little bit nerve-wracking that puts you into fight or flight so all of these things actually halt your labor so it's not that you know like the labor has to take a long time it can actually be very quick i also google people who um, gave birth in like under an hour and mine only took like for me to go into active labor, it took two hours for him to come out. And, and it's again, because we're not taught, we're just taught like, Oh yeah, it has to be hard. It has to be horrible and da da da. And it's like, no, like for whatever you're going through in your life, like do your research and, and ask yourself, is this really true? Because it doesn't have to be the way that it was for, for others. 
Exactly. And it's funny because I, I have a tattoo on my back and it says, uh, believe nothing, no matter where you write it, who has said it, not even if I have said it, unless it agrees with your own reason and your own common sense. And I got that tattoo like six, seven years ago because I was also like, you know, when people try to tell you things and then I was like, well, it, I don't believe it. Like, it doesn't uh, match with what I believe for my life so yeah uh, yeah we just have to question everything like it's not the story isn't as much to do with like the childbirth as much as it is to remind everyone like you're just you're so powerful and you can have like a contribution to the life that you want like it doesn't have to just be what somebody told you it has to be absolutely Reese thank you so much for being here with me today and Isaiah mm -hmm. thank you yeah. I He's <laughs> too cute. I really enjoyed getting to know you on a deeper level and seeing your baby. Oh my gosh, he's too adorable. You've been such an inspiration and a light in my life and met with too many others. And I definitely um, had so much fun and I can't wait to keep learning from you. Thank you so much for having me. It was so great meeting you. And um, yeah, we'll keep in touch. Definitely wishing you and your family many blessings, good health, always, and safety, especially that little one. <laughs> Bye. Take care. Thank you.